Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. That's right, the old bridal march. Joining me today is bride coach, Kara Maureen. Now she helps brides navigate the highs, the lows, the ebbs and flows of getting married. Whether it's managing your mother-in-law or disgruntled bridesmaids, she is the woman you need to hire along with a fabulous florist. Now let's get carried away. All right, let's get carried away. Uh, joining me today is Kara Maureen. She's a bridal coach and bride whisperer of karamarine.com. And we're going to talk today about how your contradictions are actually your greatest assets. I want to ask you all about great bride stories, bridezilla stories. Um, what, you know, is like the, the best experience you've had with a bride, how you work with brides, all things bridal. I'm very, very excited to dive into this. I'd like to think I was a perfect bride. Because my, I literally had six weeks to plan my wedding because I didn't really think I wanted a wedding. I thought we would just elope. But then our mothers were just like, we need a wedding. <laughs> and yeah. in hindsight, I'm glad I did it. Well, welcome, Kara. <laughs> Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Yay, yay. And we met through Lexi Smith of the PR Bar. So shout out to Lexi. She yeah. is a bra member and um, just fantastic. And if uh, you're any meeting, any PR needs, please. Go to prbar.com. Look at, I just have a sponsor and she doesn't even know it. <laughs> but yes. first, let me ask you this. Um, if I were to talk to 10-year-old Kara and ask her what she wanted to be when she grow up, would she say a bride coach? Oh, probably not because I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did love weddings and I always thought uh, my mom is a PhD psychologist. So I always thought I'd be helping people in that way, but yet I was pulled to like the wedding world. And so I don't know what yeah. I would have thought. Oh, that, like, did you want to like ride horses? Or, you know, like, what did you want to do when you were 10 years old? Somebody asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? That kind of question. I know. I'm trying to think. I feel like when I'm looking back at like all those little things you filled out, um, I always think it was like teacher slash counselor. I think yeah. I definitely got that message early on that like I was going to help people and people. I be like my mom. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, and I also noticed in your um, bio, you have a master's in social work. Yeah. So I got my bachelor's in social work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So from San Francisco state, but I'm not doing that now, obviously, but social work is an MSW. If anyone who's out there, that is not an easy master's degree to get, by the way, that is a lot of work. So bravo to you. Um, And you must use it when you're working with your bride. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what in your, what kind of led you to be a bride coach? Did you, were you in event planning first? Were you just in brides or was it your own wedding that kind of like sparked this? Yeah, I mean, it's literally all of the above. Um, I, you know, my career, like I said, I kind of always thought maybe I guess I'd be a counselor, kind of that whole therapy world, maybe. So I got my undergrad in sociology, and then I went right to grad school into social work. And then as I'm in social work school, I'm like, 
not finding my people in the way that people are like, I love the homeless. I love addicts. I love immigrants. Like mm-hmm. I did child welfare and I was interested in that. And so then I went into sort of a more um, administrative nonprofit fundraising in the back end kind of thing. And I loved that. And I did great at it. Meanwhile, I was always devouring self-help books and like just really into personal development, stumbled upon life coaching was like, these are my people, really ah. high achieving, really just smart together, people who have been given, you know, the whole world and yet are getting in their own way and not achieving what they want to in the world and just self-sabotaging. And I'm like, these are my people. So then it was, how do I, you know, do the side hustle thing? And I really started with dating coaching. I was really passionate about helping people find love. And then when I got married, and went through the wedding process in three months. And so I brought my Irish Catholic background to my husband's Persian Muslim background and jammed it together, getting married one year after we met. So wow, one year and a day after we met and a three-month engagement and two moms who were like really ready for their own wedding that felt very familiar and significant and cultural. And wow. So that was like a crash course. And I'm like, I felt like I was so prepared for this moment and yet so I got like, it felt like being hit by a truck in some ways. It was yeah. just really, really difficult. Meanwhile, my first like jobs in college and high school um, were catering weddings. And part of my job was event planning when I was working in the nonprofit industry. So I had always had that love affair with this industry and always been like, you know, when you doubt yourself, you're like, oh, maybe I should have been a wedding planner, but then you're, you know, so there was always that running in the back. And then finally, all the streams came together and it was like, what if I bring my coaching to brides? What if I come into this industry with this expertise and help in this way? So I get to connect with all the cool vendors in the bridal world. I get to like be in that space, but bringing my expertise. So that's sort of the, yeah. That's cool because you don't, yeah. That's and it's so niche too, which mm-hmm. I really, really love. I love when mm-hmm. things get so niche down that you're like, I'm one of three people that, that right. does this, but it's so unbelievably valuable and important, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, what are these brides? Maybe they're, they're not even brides yet. They're soon to be brides. Um, right. You know, they're in their engagement phase. Right. Um, what are they feeling before they're like, I need Kara? <laughs> yeah, a lot of it, it's people don't see it coming, right? Because the way that our whole culture builds up the wedding um, experience and especially builds up brides, like people always criticize me like, you know, it's not about just brides anymore. It's all about the, we are still in the patriarchy, right? We Mm -hmm. brides experience is still very different. Don't talk to me until men are changing their name as often as we, I mean, everything, (laughs) it's just a different experience for a bride. And I don't think we speak to that. I think we do do this bridezilla thing where we put brides on a pedestal, like, and then just knock them down. You know, we're like, well, she got everything she wants. She has the ring. All she's going to do is like complain about picking a dress and a flower. Like what's her problem? That's not her problem. Her problem is she's having an identity crisis. She's having to expand her ability to communicate with a new family. She's having friendships that are falling apart in ways that she never anticipated. And that is what brings people to me. It's when they're like, you know, their closest friend, say, is suddenly completely MIA or treating them badly or ignoring them. And they're like, what is happening? We have walked this path for 10 years. We've been through so much together. And now you can't even be happy for me on my wedding. 
Well, hold on. So much goes on in female friendships and one of them getting married and one of them is still single. That's a big moment. And we're not prepared to, to do that. And brides will take on this funny exterior, like narrative that like, everybody should be doing things for me. I am bride. I am now going to tell you to buy a dress that I would never have told you to buy, or I'm going to make you plan parties for me. Like we get into almost this weird robotic, like bride mode that, and we forget how to relate to our nearest and dearest ends up fracturing a lot of relationships. And that's my whole idea is let's get you to your wedding day with you feeling really good, but also with stronger relationships with those that matter most. So I'm really trying to help the bride because again, Yes, there's so many players, but the pressure always goes right back to that bride, right? If something falls apart, it's her fault, yeah. right? If the groom is suddenly fighting with his mom, guess who gets blamed? Like if the bridesmaids aren't, guess who's in trouble? If mom of the bridesmaids is in trouble, if the wedding budget is blown, guess who's... Get- so these are the narratives yeah. and these are the things that so many really conscious, mindful women get caught in the crosshairs of. And... It's and there's, tough. it's extremely tough and you're spending so much money too, yes. right? You're building up to something and you're combining incomes maybe for the first time yes. and um, the expectations from people. It is a big, big undertaking um, for sure. When now I, I did a little research um, on your website and was poking around and everything, yeah. which is beautiful, by the way, your website is oh, gorgeous. Um, but one of the things that I found interesting is that one of your blogs was, was about, you know, it's okay to walk away. It's mm-hmm. okay. Like to be the, the, the bride that after spending all the money and doing all the things a week leading up to the, the wedding being like, mm, not, not so much. <laughs> Yes. Um, do you experience that when you're working with your brides? Have you ever had an experience where a bride's like, I got to get out of here? Yeah. So um, I haven't had one close in. I've had one sort of farther out and the deciding to really accept the engagement. But I really, it made me really pause and really think about like, what is with us as a culture not being able to have more broken engagements. I think personally a broken engagement is so much more romantic than a divorce. I do think that divorce needs to exist and I'm all for, you know, things can end and there's Mm -hmm. a whole different conversation on that. Um, But I just think there, it's just, and it goes to your point, the wedding becomes a runaway train and nobody seems to be able to get off. And I just think women also need that reminder. There is a huge, like you said, un, like economic underlayer to all of this. You're spending more money than you've ever spent on a six to eight hour okay. moment. Mm-hmm. And it's so intense. And people think once it gets going that they can't stop it. And I just think people forget stopping it after is just a lot harder. And then you think, oh, well, let's have that baby and that'll be the end. That, and then you trick yourself into knowing what you already knew then. That's yeah. the other thing. It came from when I was doing a lot of dating coaching, I ended up doing, um, you know, a lot of breaking. You have to break up a lot in dating, right? Yeah. And then I ended up sliding into divorces. And I was like, and at the time I was like, whoa, whoa, I'm not equipped to handle divorces. But these people were like, no, no, I want to break up with my husband in 20 years and you're going to help me. And I would often talk about it because I was so obsessed with weddings. I'd be like, what were you thinking back then? And I am telling you, the majority of the women had a knowing and they couldn't. Yep. And they were like, I couldn't. 
do it. I couldn't stop the train. And that's why I was just like, oh my God, I got to write this article. We got to be able to stop the train. You are worth it, right? You are worth all that money to be spent if it happens or it doesn't, even more so if it's, you know what I mean? For the truth to happen, right? Like I want to spend that money for you to celebrate the love that feels real. And I want to spend that money and let it go to get you out and get you free. Mm -hmm. If that's what needs to happen. I just think, so much. Yeah. I have two or three friends who are divorced, who were divorced within the first year of their Mm -hmm. marriage. And all three of them, I've of course asked the question, did you know on the wedding day, all of them did. Yeah. All of them knew they didn't want to disappoint someone, their parents. They didn't want to embarrass their fiance, all these like little things. And, but they knew um, they were also young in their twenties. So of course, (laughs) of course, of course, matured a little bit before deciding to get married, but you do get swept up in it. You do get um, lost and you can't really find yourself. And then you're jeopardizing your mental health. Right. And exactly. If Simone Biles has taught us anything, it's okay to take a mental health day, even if you were in the the middle of the Olympics. Exactly. (laughs) It's such a great analogy. It's like the stakes couldn't have been higher for her. And yet she knew what she needed to do. And she was able to block out everything around her and do what she needed to do and probably gained so many more fans and so much more support and a whole new platform. And that's, I think, such a great reminder for women. Your intuition, it's just right there. You do know. And if you can tap in and listen in that moment, wow, you're going to be so powerful going forward. If you can learn to trust yourself in that moment. It's so true. And I honestly think that that gut, that instinct, you, you almost have to really get to know her and have give her a name yes. and like really trust yes. her and understand because we, you know, very, when we're very young, especially, and we're just starting out, we just want to believe everything's going to be yes. sunshine and roses and he's the prince and, and, you know, all it's going to be wonderful. And we kind of squash down that, that little voice. that's like, Ooh, are you sure about that? <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing I'll have women on, on like in DMS on Instagram being like, I'm just, ha- I'm engaged and I'm happy and we've dated a long time and I'm fine, but I'm like really, really anxious and waking up. And so it's like, okay, that can be totally fine because you are planning this crazy event and you're, you are having an identity crisis that you should be having. And that does require going through a lot of emotion, but it's like, if there's no one there to help you sort out, wait, is this just like the anxiety and hype of a big thing? Or is this truly my trying to tell me something, my intuition. And that's what I help women sort through. And that, I mean, I just think every bride deserves that moment. I agree. And to not be so stressed out leading up to Mm -hmm. what's supposed to be a happy day. Exactly. Um, Wow. Now you wrote about how uh, contradictions can actually be a great asset. Tell me more about that because that's a little controversial and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I think um, it's funny for me, just when I think about how I finally got to this exact business, it's so, it was to me, and it probably doesn't seem like it when it's already fully fledged, but to me, it was like these two contradictory forces, like the wedding industry, if you, you know, taken at face value, it's just so superficial and it's so overspendy and it's so just crazy, but yet I was yearning to be a part of it. But then I have this other part of me that is like, just all about like intuition and female power and just personal development and just really back to basics and like spirituality. How does that ever enter the wedding space that is literally about like trends and colors and like just how much can you spend and how do you make your, your Instagram, you know, scroll worthy event and all that stuff. And it's like, 
just how do I hold those two things, right? Like, how do I hold my obsession and that romantic part of me? But I'm also very much like, oh no, like I will escort you right through your breakup if you need to. And yet I'm all wedding rah-rah. Like some of the things just didn't, they just felt like contradictory. And I always was trying to like leave one and not the other. And then you realize it's when you bring them together, right? It's like when you add salt to the sweet that it really, it's that complexity of flavor that makes it irresistible. And that's, it was such a, I don't know. It took me a minute to get there, I guess. And that's all right. I had a business mentor who was like, it's a fertile juxtaposition. Like that's what you have to think of it of. It's not that you're wrong. So I was always trying to make a part of me wrong, Mm, right? Like wrong for trying to be like, actually in this whole therapy coachy world, or am I wrong to try to be in the wedding world? Like, which one is it? It's like, no, no, don't choose. Find your way to bridge it. And then I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. You get to have it all. (laughs) You do get to have it all. You don't have to be a stressed out bride or be also bridesmaids, right? So having, I've been a bridesmaid 12 times, a maid of honor four times, twice for the same bride. So do that, do the math. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. (laughs) But all were so different, right. And had so Mm -hmm. many different expectations, but it it really comes down to personalities, I think, Mm -hmm. but also being able as a bride to advocate for yourself, to advocate Mm -hmm. for your needs and what you, your expectations. And I think a lot of it is just like, they just want to be nice and then they boils over and then they become this bridezilla, right? It's just like this downward spiral. <laughs> yep. And that's what it is. My whole like sort of intro ebook that people get when they join the mailing list. It's like all about expectations. Like people do not realize all of the unspoken expectations that come with weddings. Like you don't realize what you've downloaded your whole life about what it's like to be a bride. So you're already expecting to feel certain ways, have certain things, have the certain people around you. And so when any of that doesn't happen, you you're all jacked up and you're great. And that's the thing. And then bridesmaids can have expectations. The moms have, ex- everyone has them and none of them are the same. Yeah. And nobody knows we're all operating from this different set of expectations. And then we think we're just like hurting each other, but we're really just like breaking each other's expectations. And it feels like we're breaking each other's hearts. It feels like we're breaking each other's trust. It feels like we're breaking relationships, but we're just, it's just the expectation. So that's my thing. It's like, can we just chat about it? Can we just have a minute? And instead we tend to get offended, upset, put off. And then we start that, right. Spiraling or distancing or the gossiping. Like, well, now we'll just have to talk about the bride because we can't talk to her. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's where I'm like, hold on, let's push pause. Let's talk about the expectations. Okay. Now set them aside. What's really the situation, right? What's the reality of this moment? And like, get into that and throw away all the stuff that is just baggage. It's just old stuff. It's from movies. It's from friends. It's from other, like, what's your situation? What's what you are actually living? And it's such a better, easier way, but we come in with so much baggage to wedding. And do you see, do you ever work with second or third time brides that have a different level of expectation? Because now they've already gone through a wedding once. And I know for me, I have a couple of friends who are married again. They're on their second wedding, mm-hmm. but of course they're calmer as a bride, yes. but they're also like, 
is it okay if I have a wedding? Is it okay right. to have this? And they deal with those kind of emotions and feelings. Yeah, they have like a such a different because they don't have that like pie in the sky, like that naivete that like this day, they understand what the day is going to be like, and then what's going to happen after and then real life. And that can be hard for some brides who cannot see past that big mountain of a day, right? Like they're so stuck on the wedding day, they can't see after. The second time bride has that, but then she's just got this whole other layer of like what it, it's, it's not a guarantee. It can go a very different way than you think it's going to go. And that can be really scary and stressful. And I think the brides who have worked with who are going the second time around are so much more purposeful and mindful, a lot looser with the day, a lot more focused on the relationship, which is so great. I think, again, when you go around the bend again, you are smarter and wiser and better for it. And I love working with brides who are going on that second time because some of the work that we have to do, though, is really shifting and owning what didn't work the second time. What are we going to do different? Like, Let's name it and own it and change the narrative. Be the hero of your story. Nothing has gone wrong. This is not like, do you know what I mean? Help them incorporate what happened in that first marriage and how it's the perfect setup for this next one. And just keep it all, you know, keep staying centered in your story and that it's all working out the way it's meant to be. I think that helps instead of trying to like get it right and had it wrong and all those black and white thinking that's just going to get you mixed up. Yeah, absolutely. I I read a fact, I wrote it down, um, that the bridal industry earns about $60 billion a year. $60 billion. Um, But that in 2020, it was $26 billion. Because now when the, as an entrepreneur and business owner, we all got affected by the pandemic in different ways. You know, how did it affect you and your business? How were you still able to work with brides? I know you can do virtual coaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but as a business owner, you know, how did you kind of weather that storm? Yeah, the pandemic was because I was really um, in full force right before the pandemic. And then, and I had just come out of like getting these two little kids like launched and in the daycare and ready to focus fully on my business. And then, boom daycare is closed. Everyone's at home. And so then I'm trying to do both, but then like nobody in the industry wanted to talk. Like everybody was just freaked out and hunkered down. And I was doing that thing where you're trying to work, 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 childcare, childcare. And then, so I literally had to choose and I'm like, you know what? I got to pause. I got to go full mom for a minute. And I had the luxury to be able to do it. So I'm like, let me go full mom for a few months. Right. So I I went in full-time mom mode. Yep. And did that. Of course, it was like, we didn't know how long the whole thing was going to go on. So I went into full-time mom mode for a minute and just tried to S of trying to straddle two things and do two things badly under that pandemic early stress was not good. So I just put my business on hold for a second and um, helped out where I could just pro bono helping brides understand how to think about, do we go, do we elope? do micro or do we wait and plan and just try to help um, in different groups and rides, but just not paid because I was like, I can't guarantee and show up. So just try to keep my foot in the conversation with that and help out where I could. And then once I saw that the pandemic was going to go on forever, I just slowly was like, you know what, I'm going to just get back into my business two to three hours a day and then like serve clients where I could. And then now like we see the horizon, I think in September where I'll, I'll have, you know, my six hours back, but it's been rough. Yeah, I know it's rough, <laughs> but yeah, that's basically what I had to do. I had the luxury to be able to do it, but oh, it was such a, I mean, for everybody in the whole industry was hit overwhelmed. Yeah. I think what a gift. 
because I think it was such a wake up call to that whole industry and just to women getting married. When you see what people did with micro weddings, when you see that you could still have the florist drop something beautiful off, you could have a photographer come and stand six feet away and you could have that dress and that moment. I mean, it's pretty right. You could have four people. Some Mm -hmm. people did 10 people. Some people just did the two of them and their dog and an officiant on zoom. Like people did all kinds of different things. And just the romantic moments that were created, I think really sparked a lot of people. I mean, intimate small weddings have always been there. I don't think they've gotten sort of the play on social that like big affairs get and that's all fine. But I think now they're going to be back and stay as a, an option that is just cool. I think there's people that want to come back and party hard and I get it. And I love that. (laughs) Of course, 200, 300 people, let's go. But I think there's going to be a new space that those sort of smaller intimate weddings have gotten their place back. And I think that's really beautiful and lovely. And for so many people, it makes a lot of sense, but they didn't think they could do it. Right. Cause we just keep seeing the bigger. Well, like you were saying, they're trying to manage other people's expectations. Um, It's like, well, my mom wants to invite my third cousin that I haven't seen since I was four. Um, Right. Yeah. So sometimes the expectations are like, we're inviting only people we know. Um, It's not going to be your lost aunt. Um, I love that. Now, how does a bride work with you? Like, tell me about your programming. What kind of offers do you do with your bride? Yeah. So I do um, one-on-one sort of like, coaching, like, you know, a a coaching package where you're like, you know, you're completely overwhelmed. You want somebody with you walking this walk with you. You've got a year to go and it's already getting a little bit tricky. We sign up and we work together. Then there was the bridal 911 where it's like, Hey, you're fine. Everything's good, but you've got this one issue, right? Like this one nut you can't crack, whether it's like, is it my stepfather or my father that walks me down? Or how do I broach my mother-in-law about, I mean, she really insist on having this a part of my wedding. I don't want to do it. What do I do? Just figuring out some of these, like, or should I fire my bridesmaid? Like if you've got like just one issue where you want to just take a deep dive with me, I offer that. And then now I'm launching the bridal prep Academy. And that's kind of a fun new offer where it's just like a low monthly rate. You get a whole sort of online course in all the ways to manage the emotional relationship parts of your wedding. And then a Facebook community where I am, I am just there answering your questions, doing um, Q and A's coaching, just really like a nice community of mindful brides who are like really care about all that, all those dynamics and want to try to do this stress-free and build relationships. It's the people who get that, like, you cannot trash your friends, your future sister-in-law, you know, your husband's (laughs) friends, and then wake up the next day and think those people are not going to be there. (laughs) Like, like, I get it that you, you think just box everything out into your wedding day, but then you got to wake up and live that life. And these are your new people. And let's Mm -hmm. just do it well. Cause I always say weddings have this crazy way of crystallizing in our family narratives. People don't forget weddings and funerals, right? So true. Not to add pressure, but that's why that exists. We just, we remember the weddings we have attended as kids. We just, there's something about it. And that bride's energy is what really leads the day. People take their cues from that. And I, that's why I just think the bride deserves all this extra support that I am trying to give. It's so true. And honestly, it would be a great gift 
from yeah. a bridesmaid to yeah. give to their bride. This is because- what has become popular is like bridesmaids and then or those like aunties and those moms of friends. They're all like, I'm giving you at the bridal shower. Like yeah. I'm giving a gift certificate to your services. I'm like, that is the sweetest thing ever because it's that. just it's like you the bride might not know she needs it. Like she might not know she needs a garlic press yet, but like you're it's, it's like a funny thing. It's like, oh, thank you. Yeah. No, and it's true. It also takes the pressure off the bridesmaids and the mother-in-law to be that support system, to be that sounding board. Instead, I can just call Kara and just be like, yes. (laughs) And that's the thing. Cause right. Other people are going to get a tired of hearing about your wedding, but in the community, they won't. I am never. And I don't have a stake in this game. This is the only weddings are that time where literally everyone, you know, has a stake in the game. Yeah. And don't think you can call, oh, your friend you didn't invite, because guess what? She's got a feeling about not being invited. So it's like <laughs> yeah. everybody's like somehow has a feeling. So it's a tough place to be. And you can end up with a ton. Of, so I always talk about you have a ton of attention, but that doesn't mean you have the support, right? Yeah. You have all eyes on you, but it doesn't mean that people can be there for you. Even they want to be there for you. Like, they can't in the way that they want to be. The mom right. is still going through her thing. Your sister is going through her thing. Your friends are like, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot to navigate. Yeah, um, and it usually lot. probably falls on an event planner, right, or the the coordinator for the wedding, and they're probably yes. like, "No, I got to get five hundred chairs here." Like, exactly. They are like, right? They're like, "I will answer your call," but oh my gosh, you, I, the that is who I sort of partner with the most is mm-hmm. wedding planners, and just they have become the default therapist for a lot of ways, but they feel very overwhelmed because they're like, I don't know this. I didn't study this. I'm nervous to give you wrong advice. And also like you're hiring me for my vendor connections and my timelines and my execution of an event, your interpersonal drama, while it's related to the event, it's, it deserves its own professional and its own sacred space in you. And that's why they will refer to me because they're like, yeah, someone can help you with this. And not that they're not willing to listen, Sure. And all those dynamics are a part of their job. They got to figure out how to talk to dad and who's the decision maker and the money and all these things. But when stuff goes deep with dad or yeah. we are going to, we are going to grieve dad's death again in a new way because we're at our wedding. Like that's not planner department, right? That's no. more life coach or therapist. Pl- yeah. Um, I love yeah. And territory. it's, it's, it's definitely takes a lot. It's a great idea for a collaboration and partnership yeah. is with event plan- and um, that reminds me of Jen Courier. When you're listening, I got to get you Kara's number. Jen is Ooh. a event designer and does weddings, bar mitzvahs, and everything. really emotional events, right? Yes. So she doesn't have the time to be a therapist. So, yes. You know, the partnership is such a good idea as, oh, so as a, you know, not only as a great way to re- get referrals, but, you know, you work with other women and you're lifting yes. more women up in the same way that you're lifting these brides up. So exactly. I love that. And, and that's very broad. That's very broad network. Um, yes. Working with like-minded women and, you know, just really elevating both of you. So exactly. And that is what's great about this wedding industry. It's so many women entrepreneurs. And yeah. I just love like helping us all build these businesses, just using our best skills. It's so fun. Oh, that's so great, Kara. I love all of this. So tell the people, um, how they can find you, where, where are all the things? Yeah. So caramaureen.com is the best place to start. And then I'm on Instagram at Kara Gassabay. 
And I am my podcast. I think definitely check out the podcast. It's sure. a nice little petite podcast, short episodes, teeny tiny little ideas that will help you in all of your wedding planning drama. Um, it's called Whispers to a Bride. So check that Love out. That. Or, yeah, or check that out or pass it along to any bride you might know, anybody yeah. who is wrapped up in the wedding drama. So yeah, that's where you can find I me. I love that. And we'll put all of that in the show notes as well as I'd love to get your downloadable um, or link okay, to your website. Great. Yeah, so yes. we'll put this all in the show notes. Um, so then when people are at their computer or whenever they're listening to this, they can uh, find you directly. I love oh, that. Perfect. Um, now, the last thing we always talk about is we get carried away. Um, yeah. During the pandemic, you're taking care of your kids. You're now the, the you know, the preschool teacher. <laughs> what what kept your, your, you stimulated? What kept you in, in the adult mind frame? Was it books, podcasts? Did you binge Netflix? What What was something that you kept yourself busy with? Oh my gosh. So podcasts were everything to me. I, because it's like, you don't look at it. So I would put the podcast on my phone, put my phone in my bra Mm -hmm. and be pushing them on the swing. And they are like, you know, I could still talk to them and still, and I would always, I mean, obsessed with podcasts, cannot get enough. What's your favorite? Are you listening to right now? Besides mine. Oh my God, of course yours. And I also, I would listen to a ton of the wedding ones, but I love all my self-help ones. I love all my personal development ones. Um, My favorite one has a curse word in the title. That's okay. Um, Unfuck Your Brain by Kara Lowenthal. Amazing. I recommend it. it. I mean, it will change your life. She's a great um, fellow life coach. She does awesome. Um, and then the School of Self-Image with Tanya Lee of her. And then I always do the daily podcast, the news. It's just like oh, the yeah. only way I would get the news. Just like yeah. I cannot walk, I cannot turn it on. It right. is not on in my house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, I would always just be like, okay, I'll learn one thing. I'll digest one thing. And then that was it. That, so that was my sanity. Oh, good for you. Good for you. And now that we're kind of coming out of things now, um, if a plane landed on your driveway uh, tomorrow, where would you go? If you could go anywhere. Oh, I've been like dying to go to an island. I'm feeling like I want to go to Aruba. I've never been and I just need to go. So random, but I want to go. I love it. I love it. I've never been to Aruba. I've been to the Caribbean, but Aruba's supposed to be beautiful. Love that. Love that. And then always my last question is, give me like two or three things that people get carried away about that they're totally obsessing over that you can't wrap your head around. Um, I'll give you an example. For me, it's kombucha. I've tried it multiple times. I can't, I don't get what's so great about it. And tomatoes. I hate tomatoes. Mm, That's so funny. (laughs) I do not understand the Peloton thing. I'm like, what is happening? We did this in the (laughs) 80s where everybody bought the exercise bike and it's in your base. Like, I don't get in class. I don't get any, like my crotch, the bike, it's just yeah. it, the whole thing does not work out. I cannot get on board. People are obsessed dropping thousands of dollars on the bell. I'm, I, they did I, quite well in the pandemic. They did awesome. And I'm like, yeah. I cannot, yeah. like, I could not get on board with that. Um, what was the other thing during the um, pandemic? Everybody was obsessed with that tiger show. Oh, Tiger King. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was like, I'll like try almost anything. I like could not push play. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. It was just like a fun. I'm like, I just, I don't no. get it. People, yeah. I just, I'm like, I don't get it. Troubled yeah. people and like 
big cats. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like a good mix. I'm like, not, I just like, that doesn't seem like a big no for me. So (laughs) that was another thing. I'm like, I just can't. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. That's so funny. Nobody said Peloton before, but that's, that's true. Uh, It was a huge rage, you know, once the pandemic hit and everything, they did quite well. I mean, I did did most of my workouts online. But I need to move. I can't stay yeah. on the yeah, there. I, I need to dance. I need to box. Yes. I need to like move. Yes. Um, I did a lot of walking. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Fitbit was like my best friend. I'm like, I want all my steps. And that was my thing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for coming, giving us your great advice, both for brides as well as entrepreneurs or anyone working in the wedding industry. This was so fun. I really appreciate you. And thanks for getting carried away. Of course. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for joining me and getting carried away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray, founder of the Bra Network, Bra Business Relationship Alliance. We are a network of female entrepreneurs that lift and support each other. If you're a female entrepreneur looking for community, collaboration, and all kinds of fun, head over to bra-network.com and check out our membership. Hope to see you there.